This is Alex. And this is James. And you're listening to the American Toffee Podcast. What is up, everybody? Alex and James here with the American Toffee Podcast. Tonight, luckily, we bring better news than we did last weekend. We are going to cover Lincoln City away, a review of the match, luckily a 4-2 win, and then we're going to move into a preview segment for Wolves at Goodison on Sunday. James, thank you as always for joining me. Since we don't have a guest this time, I'll thank you instead. Wow, Alex, it really means a lot that you would go out of your way to thank me for coming on our show, our own show. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. What would I do without you? I'd be, uh, I'd be talking to myself for 40 minutes and just rambling. <laughs> hey, you've done that, so you know the struggle. You definitely know the struggle of that. I know. Please never listen back to like <laughs> January 2018 because it was a struggle. But nonetheless, oh, nonetheless, uh, I think you can agree, and, and probably anyone listening that it's much more fun when we do these things and Everton win. Yes, it is pretty miserable when we have a, a demoralizing loss. And this nearly was that, make no mistake. Um, although Lincoln City offered fairly little going forward, it was one of those moments where there were a couple points in the game, namely the two goals we conceded where you just thought, okay, here we go again. Everton's back. We're in the fourth game of the new campaign overall, and we're folding. Luckily, that wasn't the case. We managed to dominate throughout the entire match and come away with a comprehensive 4-2 win. Yeah, I mean, backstory to this match. Um, initially, I was, you know, James and I talked about it. I'm like, yeah, you know, I have a meeting at 2 o'clock. I think I'll be golden for 2.45 Eastern time for this match to kick off. And James is saying, oh, well, I definitely don't think I'm going to be able to make the match. Funnily enough, uh, James was able to catch the first half and I was ca- able to catch the second half live. Of course, we both, we both, uh, caught the halves that we weren't able to initially after the fact, but let me tell you how I felt when I was sitting in my meeting, it was already three o'clock and I look at my phone and James texted saying, well, we just went down 20 seconds into the match. That, that was, uh, that was awful. I, I felt like super anxious to get back and check. And then I'm like, do I even want to open this right now? Like, should I just wait? till after work and like watch the whole thing or what. But let me say, I, I, I resent you, James, for sending me that text message. It's your fault, I think, I guess. Yeah. In full disclosure, I actually didn't see the goal as it happened. So I, I have been very, very busy at work over the last couple of weeks because I'm starting my new role and we're doing all kinds of interviews, trying to hire out my team and all that stuff. And so I knew I had an interview scheduled from 3.30 to 4.30 and I was like, oh, here we go. I just hate midday games, the time difference stinks. I just want a nice weekend morning where I can wake up, relax, have a cup of coffee and sit down and enjoy my Everton fix. This was not that. And so long story short, I came back to my desk and I was hustling to open up the ESPN plus feed and I turn it on and it's, I see 30 seconds, one nil Lincoln. And I'm like, really, this is where we're at. We're going down. We're going to lose. The fans are going to be out in full force calling for Silva's head. Things are falling apart way too quickly early. And um, I wasn't really sure because I know Lincoln City have have done really well traditionally over the last few years in cup competitions. They've kind of punched above their weight a little bit. And we are all obviously given last year's results uh, kind of prone to playing down to our opposition and maybe get letting them into games that they shouldn't be. And so I saw us go one down and, and also knowing that Everton 
traditionally are not very good at coming from behind. I felt very, very rattled. But then as things sort of started to play out and we saw how just absolutely dominant we were in possession and how really little Lincoln was able to do as far as possess the ball or kind of generate any kind of rhythm with possession. Uh, I, I really started to feel confident that this was one that we could overcome because a goal 20 seconds in, it, it was very fluky. It was kind of just a miscommunication. I think probably our defense was caught on the back foot and you know, it sucks to be be down that quickly, but the team did show a lot of fight. And I think there was never really a moment probably where, where they thought that it was over. And that's the nice thing about a goal that early is you have plenty of time to fight your way back. Yeah. So to backtrack real quick, James, uh, the lineup itself, I think there were big question marks about the lineup because in Silva's press conference, you know, and, and of course you can't always read too much in press conferences because coaches, managers, players are all legitimately trained as to how to handle media, obviously. And, and, you know, when, when Silva says that we're going to play the strongest lineup to get a result, well, it's not like he's going to say, Hey, I'm going to play my B side. And that includes, uh, you know, Tom Davies, uh, Sidibe, blah, blah, blah. Right. He's not going to say, Oh, that's my B side. Um, so I think everyone was, was, was on the edge of their seat to see, is he legitimately going to put out what he perceives as the starting 11, which is, apparently pretty similar to what we've seen in, in the the opening three matches in the league? Or is he going to rotate a whole lot and, and try to really bet in a lot of these new signings that haven't gotten many minutes or any minutes at all officially? We ended up having five changes to the lineup, four full debuts for Toffees, uh, Fabian Delft because he's been out with an injury, Awobi, Keen, and then Sidibe. And the fifth change was Mason Holgate at central defense partner with Keen. How did you feel about the lineup? The lineup changes. Um, were you excited? Were you kind of nervous? Was it was it to your expectation personally as to how many changes we might see? Yeah, I think this game came at a kind of opportune time. Uh, I do think though Marco Silva was under a lot of pressure to perform in the cup because of how abysmally we did last year. I think it was a really nice opportunity to get these players who I think going forward will probably be fixtures in our starting lineup. And by the, those players, I mean Alex Awobi and Moise Keen. Uh, jury's kind of still out on Sidibe. I thought he performed well. But but yeah, it came at a good time because you're able to get them some some starting minutes. You're able to kind of ingratiate them into the team. And uh, with the exception of um, Morgan Schneiderlin, obviously because JPG is out injured for now, what's looking like at least two months, I think this is pretty much the strongest starting lineup um, and also probably save Mina that he could have put out. And with the game at the weekend, you know, you don't want to stretch your squad too thin. But I think he he kind of hit the right notes where he made the right substitutions later on. And it really, on paper, when I saw the lineup, I was very excited to see what Moise Keane could do with a, with a full game under his belt. And um, to see what Alex Awobi was able to do operating out of the left uh, differently than Bernard. But it was it was very exciting and a nice little uh, taste of what was to come. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the names on everyone's lips prior to the match, the last couple of days, we're, we're always going to be Moise Keane and Alex Awobi, right? They have appeared in in a couple for a couple of minutes in Premier League matches, and it always felt like they were contributing a decent amount, and they added that spark. But naturally, there's always argument ar- the argument to be made that, okay, it is 80 minutes into the match, and they're running against tired legs. Both of them are pretty quick. They have quick feet. And so that plays a factor in, in showing maybe how much they are contributing. And I think that's a fair argument. But I thought that 
It was a great call. Now I might get crucified for saying this, but my only my I had I would have had two complaints. One, I wanted to see Leighton Baines get a couple get get minutes. I would have thought he'd start. And and if there's any position where we really don't have a drop in depth significantly, it would probably be Dean and Baines. Obviously, Baines can't get up the pitch the way he used to, but the quality is still there. However, I can't say much because Luca Dean. Uh, scored a direct free kick from like 30 yards out to tie it up in the first half. And then he provided a beautiful cross into the box for an assist on the fourth goal. So maybe I can't exactly justify why I say I wanted Leighton Baines to start other than I miss him. But Tom Davies for me, I've been shouting about it all season, specifically on, on discord. If you're not in our discord, join our discord, find the link in the episode description, as well as our Twitter pin tweet, but I I'm kind of lost as to why Tom Davies hasn't even come on as a substitute. For example, I mentioned in the first match, um, which was kind of confusing and, and then specifically the cup match, but he wasn't even in the squad. So I'm wondering like, James, do you think Tom Davies was injured? I mean, Andre Gomez was on the bench in the squad in the 18 for this match. Naturally, you'd have to think that Andre Gomez is going to be, um, valued higher than Tom Davies in the squad, but um, I wouldn't say it's outlandish to think he could have made the squad if he was healthy. No, I don't think it's outlandish to say. I think just at this point, it's kind of clear that Marco Silva doesn't rate him as highly as most of the other midfielders in the team. And maybe it's because he doesn't have a clearly defined role in the system. And that's kind of been one of the main criticisms of him is that he's never really settled into any one particular role. He's kind of jack of all trades, master of none, so to speak. And when you're looking at a midfield comprised of three players who all have have those very clearly defined roles, I think it just kind of makes him not a real easy fit. Like, do you play him? You'd think it, at face value, he would come in for like the Delph slot, that second deep lying midfielder who can get forward. But then there was all the talk in preseason of him playing as an attacking mid as potentially a backup to Sigurdsson. And of course, we brought in Alex Iwobi who can fill that role. So where Tom Davies really is able to get a game on the depth chart, I think is a huge question mark. And off of that, I'm starting to think that, you know, though he gives us a much, much needed depth and we know now that we're not as, if we pick up a couple more injuries, we will see Tom Davies feature. It's the questions whether he would, would have benefited from a loan move this season or just for until January, maybe I think are, are becoming quickly uh, validated very fast. So in, at the youth level, Tom Davies actually did play primarily as an attacking midfielder. If if I'm if I'm not completely talking out of my butt, seeing as how this is a PG rated podcast, James. But he then, you know, he he scored that beautiful goal against Man City. Uh, I think shoot three years ago now. It was in 2016, the same match in which we uh, Adam Lookman subbed on and scored like two minutes in. Rest in peace. That dream for us, but. I think that Tom Davies has always been more comfortable in attacking role. He mentioned it in preseason, which is what you were kind of referring to in which I guess this season it's, it's kind of quote unquote official that that's where he is. He's the debt. He is the, the quote unquote competition at attacking midfield. Although, although Awobi can also play there and could be comfortable there. But um, I think that you're right. Hopefully if, if injuries get sorted, JPG is not, can get, back to full health by the extended or the, the, the very congested Christmas period, then hopefully he can secure a loan move in January. And if I'm going to be honest, 
I'm gonna I'm getting really tired of seeing Everton players, you know, go to League One or obviously Tom Davies too good for League One, but even sometimes championship clubs because you never know how stable they are or if they're going to have a new manager and and that's with any side. I want to see them going to uh, the top league in whatever country they're going to specifically. I mean, Bundesliga is apparently a hotbed for English talent as well as American talent nowadays. I, I, I mean, I agree with that. I mean, I, I hope the best for Tom Davies, local lad, and hopefully he can get his career back on track. And, and I still think that he has something to offer this side in certain moments. But at the same time, it's clear that I think Andre Gomez on the bench offers a lot more, especially coming on as a starter and as a substitute with his ability to move the ball around, though he did not have a good game last weekend. But let's talk about some really exciting moments because this game was kind of back and forth in it. It did have a little bit of everything. We, of course, you have the first minute goal, always quite rare. And then it was kind of just we were pushing, 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 weren't really able to finish anything, had some nice chances. Moise Keane, I thought, looked really agile. Um, it's hard to, to really gauge how his, his performance was great, but you have to consider the opposition and what he's used to playing against in the Champions League and in Serie A. I still thought he had a, a really promising debut and looks a good game for him to kind of get into a rhythm. And then we have Luca Dean, new new Leighton Baines with the thunder strike from 30 yards out that just was pretty much unsavable. Um, and that was a really exciting moment because it really kickstarted our, our push and was able to kind of get us get us back in the game. And, and make no mistake, it was clearly even over the, the feed, you could tell it was a really difficult atmosphere to play against. And the Lincoln fans were up for it. Obviously, going against a Premier League opposition at home, they're going to be uh, making all the noise they possibly can. And, and you can't discount how difficult it is to play in those scenarios. Never. I think when we played against Lincoln City last season in a cup match, it was maybe 2-1. Um, or was that? Yeah, Lincoln City. But point being, I mean, yeah, you can never like discount it. Obviously, they're in the quote-unquote fourth division. But at the same time, it's a way... Unfortunately, as we all know, attacking, scoring goals has been our biggest issue since we even started preseason. And so there was always the question mark about scoring goals and, and, and the confidence levels. So to go down one nil before the majority of our players even touched the ball is, is honestly just horrific. Um, Luca Dean scoring the ridiculous free kick. I mean, that is definitely his best goal to date. And that that's that's like a moment of magic, right? And it, it just takes that little bit of magic sometimes to get everyone to grab them, to metaphorically grab them by the scruff of the shirt and say, let's do this. It's one one. We've dominated the game this thus far, and let's make it happen. Luckily in the second half, it happened. Yeah, things started to really kind of piece together. We were able to kind of overwhelm them. They weren't clearly not capable in possession. And so we were able to move the ball around. They were going to dig in, try to hold out and just try not to concede and maybe catch something on the counterattack. They were really looking to play long balls out typical of what you would see from a lower Premier league side, but on a probably much higher scale, considering we ended with 75% possession, but then we have the nice little move, um, little interchange around the box and Schneiderlin of all people is able to draw a penalty, which on replay, it's a clear penalty, but there's no, I mean, he kind of just bundles into him and knocks him over and he does go down kind of easily, but you can't do that in the box. And then Gilfie with a, with a scorcher of a penalty really well taken, which is, it's nice to see him looking so confident on penalties because we know that he's had his struggles 
And following the penalty was one of the more bizarre like scrum fights. Uh, I think it was clear that that Lincoln were willing to get down into the mud and kind of muck things up if it was going to be the difference in the game. And that just completely unprovoked. Yofi goes to grab the ball from the net and he's all of a sudden just being attacked and shoved in the back while he's in the goal. And then at the end of it, he comes out and he ends up getting a yellow card. So that was a really bizarre moment in the game that I was kind of just left wondering what the heck happened. Yeah, I mean, classic Everton luck, right? I don't think anyone understood that. I loved how Pickford ran the length of the field just to get in on the action because naturally to that point with 75% possession, he didn't have uh, much to do. But he then, you know, grabbed apparently the shortest player in, in Link at Lincoln City and grabbed his shirt and just kind of tugged him around a little bit like his uh, little kid that was going to be put in timeout. But it, it was a bizarre scenario. Nonetheless, as you said, very well taken penalty. And and he was kind of hit or miss last season on penalties. Specifically, I mean, shoot, even this season, everyone's been complaining about Gilfie Sigurdsson and his performances thus far in the league. And for me, the biggest takeaway from this match was scoring four goals. I don't care how they came. I don't care who scored them. Goals equal confidence. It doesn't matter who your opponent is because you can only beat who's in front of you. We scored four goals. You know, Alex Iwobi opened his account, Richarlison scored one, which is really important for him because he hasn't looked great. Gilfie Sigurdsson, obviously on the penalty. Luca Dean, never worried about that guy. So that's the most important thing to me. Hopefully we build some confidence. As you said, it was a thriller. We went down, we equalized. We, we, we then went ahead and then they equalized. And what do we do? We just kept going at it. And that's the type of character we have to build upon, the type of confidence we have to build. And we have to get ready for the match this coming weekend. So with that win, 4-2 against Lincoln City, the third round draw was, as Everton fans would have it, uh, Sheffield Wednesday away. And that's going to be the week of September 23rd. So hopefully that'll be another exciting cup tie. However, Sheffield Wednesday is in the championship and they will probably prove to be slightly tougher opposition. Yeah, but at the same time, it's still opposition that we should be beating though it won't fill us with a ton of confidence with, you know, you, you'd expect to win more commandingly, but have to say that equalizer by a drawn day, uh, that was just an absolute thunderbolt. Nothing Pickford could do. I don't think he got within four or five feet of it. It was in the back of the net before he could like even move an inch. You're, you're going to be hard pressed to find a better struck volley out of the air than that one. It was truly a remarkable goal and the type of goal that again, kind of has those, gets those thoughts creeping into the back of your mind where you're like, I mean, if they're scoring goals like that, between that and the opening minute goal, it was like, this is just, this is just set up for a perfect Everton meltdown moment. Luckily, like you said, we were able to kick on a really nice header by Alex. that will be flicked on to uh, flick it in to the back post. And and from that point, uh, Lincoln really didn't have too many great chances. And then we were able to put it on ice with Luca Dean, leaving the defender in the dust with a nice little, um, nice little maneuver and then putting a pinpoint cross onto Richarlison who, like you said, great to see him open his account for the season, get some of that confidence going. Cause we know what a danger he can be, take the opposition into consideration, but at the same time, four goals are four goals and I'll take them at this point. Anyway, I can get them. So on to the next one on to Sheffield Wednesday, which will not be an easy test. Again, anytime you're going away to a lower league side or a championship side, you know, lower than the Premier league. It's going to be a ridiculous atmosphere. I hope at that point we can have some um, better squad cohesion and, and maybe 
get some of the newer players, get Keen as a more established starter and maybe Alex Awobi out on the left potentially. But I mean, had Bernard been in there today, who's to say he wouldn't have just run circles around the Lincoln City players. So we do have solutions offensively. It's just a question of those players getting to know each other better and um, developing more chemistry. Yeah. And on top of that, even just just learning the system. Right. I mean, that's 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 goes hand in hand with just learning, learning the other their their teammates better and, and the teammates that play around them directly. So. All right, James, time to dive into the hot and heavy topic wolves at goodison this coming sunday now wolves i don't think everton fans are too keen moise keen on the wolverhampton wanderers because as we all know last season opening match 2-2 draw ridiculous you know red card jags i mean neves took the free kick 10 yards further forward than than the foul was committed in my opinion, I've said it a couple times, it's my, probably been a while, but they surely overperformed. Now, we have Wolves at Goodison this Sunday. Luckily, Wolves play Torino tomorrow on Thursday. So how confident are you feeling going into the match um, coming off of this 4-2 win against Lincoln City? I'm finding it hard to be too confident. I think Wolves playing in the Europa League today, I guess most likely if you're listening Thursday, will be a boost to us because I think they're going to have a hard time with their somewhat limited squad depth in getting those players rotated effectively. But we know that they they are a really dangerous side. They can be very dangerous on the counterattack. They've got players who can score ridiculous goals. Ruben Neves is maybe one of the best players outside of the established top six. Not maybe. He is one of one of the best players, maybe the best player. I mean, he's capable of just creating a goal out of absolutely nothing, kind of similar to, to Gilfie on his day. And so I just, I can't take too much from this Lincoln city match because just considering the league that they play in and the fact that we didn't look, there are moments when we look like losing the game, possibly that being said, I do think that with the players that we have at our disposal, we are a better squad on paper at home. We've been rock solid at the back and Wolves, actually, interestingly enough, their only two goals in the league have come from a penalty and a set piece. And so they have kind of, you could say, struggled to score from open play, similar to how we have. And so I just, I can see this very easily ending in a draw, not to kind of tease what we'll do. We'll do match predictions, but they they are a very good team and they're well coached and it's going to be an interesting matchup. But I do think the fact that we're at home on Sunday I feel much more uh, comfortable knowing that fact that the that the Goodison faithful will be behind the team. Yeah, so let's talk some some statistics now. Overall, offensively, defensively, and, and as we've talked about previously, three league matches is not a huge sample size. But when you're talking about interceptions per match, tackles per match, shots, shots on target per match, Wolves and Everton look almost identical. They've only, as you mentioned, they've only scored two goals in the league. Neither one of them was from open play. They're averaging two shots on target per match, the exact same as Everton. Uh, so that's definitely, it shows that that Wolves are having a hard time stringing together um, meaningful attacking play, just like Everton have, maybe up until tonight when we scored four. However, in my opinion, and... As Zach Lowy said on a previous episode, maybe a couple of weeks ago, Wolves have a pretty poor defense overall. Now, I mean, they're not, they're not, they're not 
relegation fodder by any means, but they're really not stacked at the back. In my opinion, I think that, as I've mentioned, Wolves overperformed last season, but furthermore, they've now been in the league for a full year. Sometimes you see you see teams come up and they're playing a different type of style that, that's not uh, necessarily indicative to um, the, the culture of, of whatever country, whatever league you're playing in. I think that was a, I think that was Wolves last season. And I think now that we have a year in which they've been in the league, teams have played them twice a piece. So we understand a little bit better how they're going to play their, their squad is their starting 11 is not really changed. And we're at home. I'm feeling decently confident about it only because we won, I think tonight against Lincoln city. As you mentioned though, they've got cup, matches just like we do and they have Europa on top of that they have a pretty slim squad yeah so it'll be interesting to see the type of lineup that they're able to to put out and how strong their squad will be I'll be keeping a close watch when the lineups are released for their Europa League match just to see how um how they decide to roll out but it but the stats thing that you bring up is interesting because both have Portuguese coaches both uh Nuno Esposito Esposito Santo um a, a really kind of attacking mindset and maybe a little vulnerable at the back. I do think our, our defenders on paper are better than theirs. I think Yerry Mina is going to be a, a interesting factor because I don't believe he played either match against Wolves last season. Um, but, but with that being said, I do like Connor Cody. I think he's a pretty quality, solid player, but if our, if our front three is able to kind of click in, in like they did in some moments, today against Lincoln city, they're going to have problems. And if the Goodison crowd really gets going, I I wouldn't be surprised to see us score a couple early and kind of just coast to a victory. Um, But equally on, on the opposite side of that, I wouldn't be surprised to see wolves kind of take jump out on the front foot, not really let the crowd get in it and um, trying to neutralize some of those factors. And they do like to, we talked about this before, but try to overload the midfield. And we know that, when we can't really play through the midfield, it limits what Gilfie Sigurdsson is able to do kind of up top as a second striker. And then when when he can't get involved in the game, I'm concerned about our options. I assume that, you know, we'll, we'll talk about lineups in a moment, but whatever those other two midfielders are, their ability to connect and kind of link up play is seriously questionable. Yeah, so tactically speaking, Wolves this season have been setting up in a 3-5-2, right? Now, whether you're in possession or out of possession, that could be a you know a five three two or whatever else or a three five two. But the issue is, tactically speaking, what's going to happen? Wolves are going to overload the midfield, but they're also going to play pretty wide because they're playing with five players in the midfield, kind of almost straight across. Right? They might have Neves or 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 Dendonker kind of sitting back a little bit, but that's going to be very hard for us to break the lines, so to speak, and get into the attacking third of the pitch. Everton prefer, as we know, to play on the wings, on the flanks. And so it's going to be really interesting to see how the how Wolves deal with it. You have to think with three center backs, they're going to be happy all day to let us swing in crosses from outside and, and just let one of their three center backs deal with it while, you know, whoever is playing up front tries to get on the end of it, which I think we can both agree that Nobody in the lineup is terribly prolific in in scoring headers, specifically when they're going up against three center backs. Yeah, well, conversely, I would say that 
knowing that Everton do like to play through the wings so much that that might be a point of emphasis for them in their pregame preparation. They'll be looking for ways to neutralize Luca Dean down the flank and perhaps try to force our midfield to beat them through the middle. Um, They'll probably leave three or four guys in there to try to break up passing lanes and stuff, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them look to kind of match whatever we do as far as overloads on the wings and try to take some of that out of our game. Because imagine if we don't, if we aren't able to get our, our backs our between Seamus and Dean involved, we could be in serious trouble because like I said, I, I really question the ability of our midfield to kind of take the game into their hands and dictate play because we really haven't seen anyone that's willing to take the game and just dominate it carry the ball forward, try to find a winger breaking down, try to find a striker, you know, holding the ball up in the opposition near the opposition's penalty box. It's, it's kind of scary for me because we've yet to really prove that we can, we can really put a team to the sword in the Premier league this season. And I guess wolves at home is as good a contender as any, but I I still think that people kind of underrate the quality that they have. That's a completely fair point. So on that note, let's dive deeper into what we think will be realistically the lineup. Maybe not who we want, but who we think will start. So I'm going to say it's safe to say that we can skip Jordan Pickford as well as the back four of of Col- Coleman, Keane, Mina, and Dean. So let's talk about the midfield. We know JPG is out injured for a good while. We know that Sigurdsson has been playing the most amount of minutes. Um Schneiderlin, I guess, is our left is our only defensive midfielder, but Andre Gomez had a horrific time out on the pitch last weekend. Who do you anticipate being in in our midfield three, our starting midfield three this this coming weekend? And do you think our tactics change a little bit based on personnel? Yeah, well, I think in the midfield you really have only one change that could realistically happen. I do think that Sigurdsson will play, and I do think that Schneiderlin keeps his place. Though there's criticisms for what he offers going forward, we do need kind of that true defensive-minded midfielder, and and it's clear that Fabian Delph probably isn't that option. I do think he probably made a decent claim to start on Sunday versus Wolves. I thought Delph, you know, kind of did a lot. Of, his work rate was very good. He had some really nice, you know, slick passing. Though he had a couple bad moments where there was one in the by the op, by R18 where he tried to like clear it wide, and it was just kind of shanked. Um, but but overall, I think he will be competing with Andre Gomez for a starting spot in the coming weeks. I would be surprised if Andre Gomez doesn't get inserted back into the lineup, mostly because I think if Silva takes him out, it will do a lot to damage his confidence. We know that he's a player who needs to play with confidence. And when he doesn't feel like he belongs somewhere um, like he did at Barcelona, that could be a real issue. So I think the manager will show him show some faith in him and insert him back in. Um, because we know what he can offer on his day. And though it wasn't that day last Saturday, I think this weekend, I think he'll bounce back with a strong performance. So my prediction is Andre Gomez, just because what he can do on the ball is much, much more, uh, I guess, robust than what Fabian Delph offers. And so we're going to need that type of player, those type of long passes, that vision from him in order to break down the Wolves uh, midfield and defense. So I, I still think that Andre Gomez is kind of a lock, but it's, it's, Definitely possible to see another option in there. I mean, I don't think Tom Davies quite makes the cut, but but where do you see the midfield uh, going? Where do you see Marco Silva taking that direction? I think that's probably the most likely case. Delft just got back from injury, so playing, I think, what, 74 minutes against Lincoln City today, 
is probably the extent of his of his match um, of his match experience for the most part this week. You know, ease him back in. We know that Delph doesn't have a, a very great record with injuries, so it can make sense. Schneiderlin and and Sigurdsson, as you said, are locks, and that leaves Andre Gomez, a player of his quality, is is surely able to bounce back in the span of a week. So I think that it that that it makes sense, and I think that I I would still feel pretty confident just in our midfield, assuming some some tweaks are made because. Sigurdsson was one of the best performers for Everton tonight against Lincoln City. You know, as as his, it seemed like his position or his the tactics Marco Silva was was employing with him were, were kind of tweaked a little bit. He played a little bit deeper. So, with that being said, I guess we have an agreement on the midfield. I really do think probably Tom Davies is injured, which is unfortunate, but nonetheless, moving on to the attackers, I think this is the biggest headache for Marco Silva. I'm sure if you ask five fans, maybe one, maybe only two of them might agree on a lineup. But otherwise, I think there's a lot of shouts for a lot of viable options. How do you think our front three will look on Sunday against Wolves at home? I think on his home debut, I think it, I think it's time for Moise Keane to get the start. Based on the evidence that I saw today, he looks fully capable. He looks much more dynamic and able to create for himself than Dominic Calvert-Lewin. His dribbling skills are far above what Calvert-Lewin is able to offer and his pace and his power when he's with, when he has the ball at his feet um, is it was really something to behold and again I will state the caveat that you have to take into consideration the opposition but even with that I don't think that Calvert-Lewin is capable of the type of you know dynamism that that Keane displayed versus Lincoln City so I do think that you don't spend 30 million on a striker or whatever it ended up being 27 not to play the man so I think Keane gets the nod finally, unfortunately for Calvert-Lewin, who will probably drop to the bench. And I think that he can offer us a lot off the bench. On the right wing, I think it has to be Richarlison. That's clear. He had his first probably good, really good game of the season today. And on the right, or rather left, that's where the biggest headache for Marco Silva lies. And for me, I think you go back to Bernard, but I'm interested to hear your thoughts. So I actually, I think I disagree with with Moyes Keane starting up top. His performance was, honestly, I would say it was average in comparison to his teammates. I, I like his quick footwork. I think he has all the right physical attributes. He's quick. He has great technical ability. However, he had a couple pretty big touches. I mean, just like Calvert-Lewin does, and we've seen that multiple times throughout the season thus far. So controlling the ball sometimes ended up being an issue. Although I did like kind of his style was, was kind of a one touch layoff to, to other attackies attackers kind of joining in. I think that it's a factor of easing him in to, to playing and, and starting specifically even at home, as you said, and I'm going to kind of go with, with an, an off the wall suggestion. Jank Tosin came on and don't laugh at me. Jank Tosin came on against Lincoln city and I think everyone can agree. Cenk Tosin is a fantastic finisher and he's a hound in the box. The issue that we all have that Marco Silva most likely has is the fact that he doesn't have that one attribute that he, that we can call a strength. He's not overly tall. He's not overly strong and he's not quick. So therefore, when you're trying to base tactics, when you're trying to base an entire team's play strategy 
on the center forward, it makes it a little more difficult. However, he showed up. I I mean, he has he has a better better passing radius than, than our other forwards do, a better technical ability at this very moment than from what I saw with Keane, just on a consistency basis. And he he assisted Awobi in the third goal with with a nice header back into the box, just worked really hard to get to that ball. And and I'm not sure other players would have been able to do the same. Dominic Calvert-Lewin has not performed anywhere near the standard that he should be in the first three league matches after taking the number nine. So I'm honestly just going to shout Jenk Tosin. And and after 50, 60 minutes, if it's not working out, even if it is working out, I mean, sure, Moyes Keane. But but I think Jenk Tosin could be a good shout. What do you think? Um, I'm going to be nice. You can't buy in. And I'll phrase it that I bet you $5,000 that Jenk Tosin doesn't start on Sunday. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I just think like, he, I think it's clear that he's probably third choice. I'm not disagreeing with your points that he did have a nice performance today off the bench. And we, but at this point, we know who Cheng Tosin is as a player. We're not going to be surprised when all of a sudden Cheng Tosin explodes out of nowhere for a hat trick. I don't think that's realistic. And I, I do somewhat agree that that Keen had some moments that he looked average. There were also some moments that I thought he looked untouchable by anyone else in our team as far as strikers by either Calvert-Lewin or Tosin. The mover, he took the ball from the wing, brought it in, did a nice little shimmy step over, and then fired one off the post and almost scored like a top 90 near post snipe. I don't think any of our other strikers are really capable of that combination of pace. And also like, I mean, it didn't go in, but it was a rifle shot. I, again, I'm not, I'm not cemented in saying that Keen will start. I think but I think if it's not Keen, then it has to. You have to stick with Calvert Lewin. No disrespect to Chengtosin, and like you said, there is no area of his game that is exemplary. But there are um, areas where Calvert Lewin and Keen, I think, are exemplary. And furthermore, I think Keen has a lot more adjusting to do to the league and the style of play. So I think that you know Keen's trajectory is limitless. Like he could be on a meteoric rise. He's still only 19 years old, by far our youngest striker. So I think you you almost have to play him especially in the home atmosphere where he's going to have the fans behind him to give him his full debut. I, ju- I just think it kind of makes sense. But, um, you know, Cheng Tosin as an impact sub, I don't hate that move, but it's it's kind of just, like I said, his potential, we know who he is. He's, he's flatlined, essentially. He's not going to continue to get better all of a sudden out of the blue, whereas we have that potential with Keen where it, really the sky's the limit for him. So that's just kind of my take on it. And not to discount your opinion on it, because it is your opinion, but I, again, I, I will take that bet 10 times out of 10 if you're interested. No, I mean, that's fair, right? Like, to be fair, I did specify who we think would start, not who we who we would prefer, right? So technically, I went out of bounds because um, I think it's obviously much more probable or almost 100% guaranteed that one of the other two would start. But nonetheless, I guess I had to make a point. The, pop, the, the thought popped in my head, and you know I me, mean, uh, sometimes I'm a dreamer, but as far as the wingers are concerned, I think Richarlison and Bernard both get the start. Charleston played a lot of minutes this week so far, but he got his goal finally. I think it's going to help him out a lot. Um, I will. I would like to give a special shout out to Alex Awobi. I know we mentioned it in the Lincoln City um, review. However, I, I just I've been really excited at what I've seen with him coming off the bench in the league and then starting today. You can tell that he's making it a priority to take shots, to take chances maybe chances we would not have seen him take in the last couple of seasons at Arsenal. But I think Bernard has still been probably the top performer in Everton's attack through the league this season. 
Therefore, he does not get dropped this weekend. And with that said, let's wrap things up with a little score prediction that we will inevitably come to regret or maybe revel in. I'll throw it to you, Alex, first. To Goodison we go. Wolves, what is your score prediction? So I'm going to be optimistic as usual. I mean, you ask me, I think Everton just opened the floodgates with those four goals. Uh, you know, that's five goals in our opening four matches this season. That's a pretty decent record, James. But uh, all jokes aside, I'm going to go with a 2-1 win for Everton at home. I think that I think that both scores is going to be it's going to be two different scores and I think one of them will have not already opened their account for Everton this season yet. However, I don't necessarily feel confident that we can keep a clean sheet against Wolves although they have some attacking issues just like we do thus far. And for me, I think this game and I think it's pretty clear throughout the tone of both of our comments throughout the episode that we are uh, that I'm a little less optimistic than you despite the victory. I want to I want to enjoy it and revel in it and and take it for what it's worth more than anything else and it is ultimately a win against the League 2 side um at their place albeit still I think this game reeks of a 1-1 draw. I think that you know we'll we'll have our moments, they'll have their moments. I still think that we're kind of vulnerable on the counterattack especially when Dean and Coleman can get caught out of position. There were a couple moments today where Dean was caught so far up the pitch. And I think better opposition like Wolves are will will be able to exploit situations like that. So we're going to have to be careful and not get too offensive-minded. We're going to have to stay resilient at the back. And like you said, I do think it will be difficult to keep a clean sheet against Wolves because they have the type of players that can score from anywhere. Raul Jimenez up top, really dangerous and a huge problem. And so, yeah, I think this is going to be another draw. Not probably what most fans are hoping for, but when you're thinking about where we are with Wolves, competing for the same places you would take the points and I would take the victory of course, but for me it's one, one. Well, James, uh, as usually is tradition, I hope you're wrong, but I guess check back in over the weekend to see, um, nonetheless, hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you so much for tuning in. If we haven't already told you join our discord, the link is on our Twitter. It's pinned. It's also on Facebook. Shoot, hit us up, email us at americantoffee at gmail.com if you need it. I don't care. Come join the Discord. Come hang out. We have probably pretty close to 100 American Toffees or Toffees in general in there talking on a daily basis at any time of the day about different topics. And otherwise, up the Toffees. Thanks for tuning in to the American Toffee Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at USA Toffee Pod to stay up to date on the latest episode releases and Everton news. And we'll see you guys next time.